Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello there, D-Aliens. This is Kevin Wall, the fill-in executive producer for the DA show this week. It was a fun Wednesday here on the show. Great sound check. We know why Pete Bellotti is out this week. Gambling away. And firing people left and right. We also have a great epic fail in advanced analytics. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. We have reached Wednesday. Welcome to the middle of the week. Welcome to a brand new edition of The Die. It is Andrew Bogish once again in 4DA as the mothership reconnects. This and welcome to it is our four-hour extraterrestrial sports excursion. Live from the CBS Sports Radio studios in New York City, heard on affiliates nationwide and north of the border. We're on the free Odyssey app, the CBS Sports app, Sirius XM Channel 158. From Anchorage to Atlanta, Boston to Baja, Kalamazoo and Waterloo, we are on the air. They listening, D.A. Everything we saying, D.A. Everything. Yep, it is day three of five with myself and producer extraordinaire Kevin Wall. Going from left to right on my radio dial, he is joined once again by Ryan Botcher. Get your scorecards out. I got a DJ LeMayhew t-shirt jersey from Wall. And then from Botcher, I've got a what? Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls. Okay, now is that an ironic Goo Goo Dolls t-shirt or no, I like Goo Goo Dolls like t-shirt? Them. Okay. I don't, I don't hate them. Why would I hate them? I just didn't know that you'd know they exist. What? Everybody knows Iris. I don't. You don't know Iris? No. You and probably I do if you heard it. I don't want the world to see me. That one? Not a clue. And uh, overdue for laundry, so hence the DJ LeMay shirt. Fair enough. Uh, we are scheduled to have a Greg Caserta here. Now, a little nervous because yesterday Greg thought he was supposed to be here, began the trip here, and then turned around. Today, he was nowhere to be found at 558. Now, he has since responded to my show promo tweets, and he is sitting in his car waiting to go past 6 Eastern to avoid a parking ticket outside our building because that's when alternate side parking ends here in New York City in this part of the hood. So we're going to get a concerta, presumably at some point very soon, come stumbling into the studio. So happy for all four of us to be with you for these four hours here on this Wednesday morning. It's Wednesday. That means we got a champ. We got a chump. And they both are baseball-related. One uh, comes from Sunday afternoon's action. The other comes from basically the history of baseball. But in particular, uh, our chump this week's having a bad stretch of activity. 
and it cannot be ignored any farther. Otherwise, Sounds of Saturday continues. Our college football preview continues. Jeff Cohane's the voice of Florida State. The Seminoles are back after four consecutive losing seasons. They got to 10 wins last year. They bring back Jordan Travis for year six. 17 total returning starters for the Knolls. Is this now the year where they can jump Clemson and retake control of the ACC while they're still in the ACC? We also have a segment I'm going to call They're Listening. I'm going to give you no other details other than saying they're listening. And it does involve the legendary Pete the Body Bilotti who chimed in. It was like we had a brain string. I saw one bit of news after seeing a previous bit of news and said, man, they're listening. And Pete texted me the little screen alert of the breaking news he got and said, Told you so. And I said, Pete, we are soulmates. I was taking my phone out to text you the very same thing. They're listening. We'll do that in hour number three. On a serious note from baseball, Wander Franco, star Ray shortstop, is in some serious trouble. And it's on the table, apparently, that we don't ever see him play Major League Baseball again. We'll discuss that in coming up in hour number three as well. Justin Tucker, Ravens kicker. At times I've said he was the best at his position of anybody in the NFL. Nobody played their position better than him. Well, his side job is a long-running commercial endorsement with a convenience store chain in the Baltimore area. It was just shown to me last night, but this has been going on for years and years and years apparently, and I've got to play for you uh, the coup d'etat, the coup de grace of what Justin Tucker is doing for, I think it's Royal Farms convenience stores in the mid-Atlantic region. It is a doozy. There's also, speaking of awkward football things, the handshake of the week that kind of wasn't a handshake between Joe Buck and Josh Harris, the new commander's owner, during Monday Night Football. And again, Jeff Colhane, FSU, sounds a Saturday, uh, helping us close out the final. Oh, and speaking of Bilotti, I found out what Pete's been doing this weekend while he was off. Apparently, Pete was live gambling during PGA event at the BMW Championship, so much so that it's annoying golfers, and they're now talking about it ahead of this week's Tour Championship. So, again, he's not a compulsive gambler, but he went to Chicago and interrupted a major sporting event because he was betting on a five-foot putt on number 17 on Sunday. Ugh. Exactly. But we begin in the NFL. Congratulations to one and all. Baker Mayfield is once again a starting quarterback in the NFL. The Buccaneers are his next victim. It's where we begin. It's our cold open. We go through many camps, training camp and OTAs, and we love everything Kyle has done. And he's gotten leaps and bounds better than he has in the spring, and he's continuing to get better, and we're excited about him. Uh, Baker's our guy right now, uh, experience-wise and understanding the playbook just a little bit better. But Kyle's on the come, but we like the, both guys. We like where we're at. Baker's one, Kyle's two. The ultimate goal is always to be playing. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those things that when you look at, you know, the big picture, it's one of those things you have to check off the box. So, uh, yeah, but now's, now's the time to really ramp it up and go from here and uh, start winning ball games that, that count. I don't believe it! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic... It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. 
I believe it's four team, it's definitely four teams in 14 months that Baker Mayfield will start NFL games for once we get to week one and the Buccaneers following the Browns to the Panthers to the Rams and now to Tampa Bay. The first voice you heard there was the voice you know very well. The smoothy, dulcet tones of Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles explaining why Baker Mayfield won this summer competition over former second-round pick Kyle Trask. And then it was Baker saying all the things you're supposed to say when you win a QB competition and you become the guy that gets to be the guy that tries to lead this team. Now, the Buccaneers, when they signed Baker Mayfield this offseason, I think the intention was to have him start unless Kyle Trask really took off. And if you listen to Todd Bowles and other down in Tampa Bay, and if you watched preseason games, Trask has gotten noticeably better, but... I still don't think he's ready to start NFL games, and I don't think he's going to be the answer long-term for the Buccaneers, but neither is Baker Mayfield. So it feels like they're picking here between the lesser of two evils. And good news, bad news for the Buccaneers here, living in the NFC South, and if you have any feel for how this division's going to play out, more power to you. The Bucs and... In year what? Year two, post Tom Brady, recycling through a roster they built to maximize Brady while he was still there. So they are cycling through roster cuts, releases, trades, whatever, getting high priced veterans off the roster, getting younger. They will not use the dreaded rebuild word, but you know, they're like in a half a rebuild. So they're a big question mark. The Falcons have a young quarterback in Desmond Ritter, who we've only seen for basically a month as a starting quarterback. Their defense has been good in preseason, whatever that means. Bijan Robinson, who I love, seemed to be a luxury pick by a team that didn't have the luxury to take him, but he makes one dazzling run last weekend in the preseason game. Everybody's all on board. Plus, the Ramos were already there, Cordero Patterson and whatnot. So the Falcons are interesting, but are the Falcons that good? We don't know. What are the Saints? I don't think Dennis Allen is a good enough head coach. And Derek Carr, who got jacked in this offseason is still Derek Carr and hopefully Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are healthy and committed and once Kamara comes back from his suspension that's where, those are theoretical nice weapons for Derek Carr but the Saints are still a complete unknown and then we get to the Panthers who are breaking in Bryce Young and almost literally giving him no support having teams run over him through preseason games and joint practices so I got nothing on the South I mean if I had to pick somebody I might pick the Falcons but there's no confidence in that and at best, we're talking like to me a nine and eight, ten and seven division winner that probably shouldn't get to host a home game in round one, but will uh, against a team that's a better team out of a wild card spot. But that indecision, that uncertainty, that openness of the division puts the Bucks in a spot where they have to almost try to win, right? If they were a division with a clear cut favorite or two. I think this decision is Kyle Trask. I think this decision is, all right, fine. Baker is here. He's a good safety net. Maybe he can help Kyle Trask along, be a good backup. If Kyle doesn't cut it, we'll go to Baker and we'll see what happens. But because they can win this division, because this division is wide open, as wide open as any in the NFL going into this season, they have to make decisions about kind of winning now. And that's when we end up with Baker Mayfield. I stayed in the Baker train as long as I could. And he's been in three consecutive tough spots, different degrees of his doing and the other one. 
In Cleveland, things fell apart because he was hurt. That's not his fault. But the way his relationship ended up with Kevin Stefanski, he had a hand certainly in that. I don't know that anybody would have been good in Carolina. And then he joins the Rams on the fly in the season. Plays okay, then doesn't play okay. I just, the ship to me has sailed on Baker Mayfield. He may give you a spurt here and there. He may have a couple of good games here and there. He may make the Bucks better this year. I just don't think that Baker, though, is going to be their starting quarterback for the next six, seven, eight years, which to me is the goal you're always trying to get to when you bring new blood in, signing, trades, draft picks. You want to solve that position long-term and move on. It's not Baker Mayfield. I don't think it's Kyle Trask either for the Buccaneers, but I understand because this division is winnable, why you go with the sure thing. Experience certainly does matter. Knowledge matters. It's apparently a big playbook, a complicated playbook. It's a new playbook, so they're all learning it on the fly here. But Baker knows how to get this job done. He still has Mike Evans. There is still some talent around him in Tampa Bay. So I get why they're doing this. But at some point, probably as soon as the end of this year, the Bucks are back to the drawing board trying to figure out who their long-term quarterback is because I don't think he's currently on the roster. Now, on top of all of this, Baker, part of the Baker experience is all the stuff off the field, right? I mean, going back into college. It calmed down a little bit because he stopped being a good player and moved around, and he got a little quieter. There's fewer commercials and whatnot. But now we've got this story this week where he and his wife have filed a petition, not a lawsuit, although that might be coming, a petition for information about an investment firm in Texas that seems to have misplaced $12 million of their money. And the even crazier thing is that his dad and his brother and other friends, family members work at this investment firm. So dad and brother Mayfield are named in this request for information, auditing, bank records, whatever, because there's 12 million Baker Mayfield dollars that they kind of don't know where they are. Say what you want about the guy, about his football decisions, his football life, what's his fault, what's not his fault. Uh, would you sign up to celebrate and have enjoy him losing $12 million at the hands of his parents? And this is a story that happens way too much in sports and entertainment. Parents screwing up their kids' bank accounts, straight stealing money, spending it incorrectly, bad investments, burning it. I mean, it's, a, it's bad enough. And I say this, I'd be one of the people. I That's not what my brain is built for. My brain is not built for the stock market and cryptocurrency and nothing. I, I could be swindled very easily. So I would need to have a professional. I would have to put my trust in somebody to manage my money if I had that much money like a pro athlete. So you think, oh, this is easy. My dad does this. My brother does this. This is what they do. I don't have to worry. It's like having a mechanic in the family. I don't have to take that. I don't have to take that gamble that Todd down the block is going to make up part names that I need to be replaced. And I'm going to go, oh, that sounds good, Todd. Here's $2,000. I got my dad. This is what he does. Here's 12 mil. Hey, where's that 12 mil, dad? And he just shrugs his shoulders. So... Could this be just incompetence professionally, apparently, from the Mayfield clan? Maybe. Could it be people 
literally taking their money. Yeah, it could be straight thievery as well. But this dude lost 12 mil, maybe at the hands of his family. That's a lot weighing on his shoulders. Now, he says, as they move along here in, like, the pseudo-legal process, it's a weight off his shoulders. He feels better about it. I, I, I no idea how much is affecting his football. But Baker says he's in a good spot. He said all the right things yesterday about getting this job. But it's not really celebration time in Tampa Bay because you were never obviously going to immediately, quickly, even close to fully replace Tom Brady. But you're not getting anywhere near that kind of production with either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask here as this new season begins. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Once again, it's bogus. In for DA for the rest of the week. He returns on Monday. Kevin Wallace here all week. Ryan Botcher's here through tomorrow. Then we get a random Bilotti, like non-summer Friday. He comes back just to work on a Friday. And I assume Greg Caserta is officially in the building. So his first batch of headlines coming up after Soundcheck. Your best audio of the day. Fighting NFL players again. It's all next on the DA Show. CBS Sports Radio. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. And it is sponsored by the United States Postal Service. Introducing USPS Ground Advantage. Reliable and affordable two to five day package shipping. The United States Postal Service. It has become a trend in the NFL in recent years as we've lost a preseason game, thankfully, to add joint practices before the remaining three preseason games. You show up in the town, you're going to play in a couple days early, one or two workouts, then the game, extra work against not yourself. However, it's taken a turn. There have been, there's been fight after fight after fight. Teams are now canceling one, if not all, of joint practices. And yesterday... Colts and Eagles got together ahead of a game tomorrow night, and things got nasty. Zaire Franklin of the Colts apparently roughed up Eagles running back Kenneth Gainwell. So Jason Kelsey ran 50 yards down the field after a play and trucked Franklin, led to a huge brawl. Uh, Here are both participants after the fight. Look, man, we was out there competing. Obviously, wanted to, you know, go against a great offense all week, Um, just trying to get better. I mean... To be honest, I practice tempo as I practice tempo. You know, that kind of happens when you joint practice against other organizations. You know, sometimes your speed ain't they speed. People get offended. That's life. So we'll be okay. We got some good work in. We compete on Thursday. It's funny, you know, obviously growing up in Philly, watched him play for a long time. A lot of respect for him. Um, talked to him a little bit after we played him last year. You know, thought the OGs would at least look me in the eye before, you know, but it's all good. I might get a chance to look him in the eye on Thursday, so we can be okay. I pride myself on, on being a guy that sustains the emotion and the level of play out there and how let my emotions get the better of me. Um, that certainly doesn't belong out there on the field. And, uh, you know, just, you know, a little bit of shame that it, it got to that level and um, that, that I did what I did. So uh, certainly, you know, not happy about that. And you know, I think very highly of the guys that were out there in particular, 44 Zaire, I think, you know, he's a tremendous player. Um, I think all of their guys up front, and they brought a lot of intensity to the day, which made the practice intense. And, um, 
you know, I think uh, I didn't handle things properly there at the end. So good job by Jason Kelsey apologizing. He didn't have to do it the way what he did. Fine. But the Kelsey brothers having some summer, huh? This began with Travis punching a teammate early in a Chiefs workout, and now we got Jason running half the field to start a fracas with the with the Colts yesterday. But I want to focus on Zaire Franklin. I want to have one moment in my life when I'm that cool and tough at the same time. It's probably impossible. I don't know which is least attainable or less more attainable for me. What I could actually pull off out of the two, I don't. I definitely couldn't be that tough. I may be able to get in the neighborhood of that cool correctly using OG and. I thought he'd look me in the face first, but I'll look him in the face again on Thursday. Zaire Franklin talked a good game yesterday. I don't know what's going to happen Thursday night. I don't even know if either one of them is going to play on Thursday night. It's the last preseason game. But the bigger thing is here, and we discussed this very quickly um, earlier in the week. These joint practices are losing their luster in a hurry with NFL teams. They're just calling them off. No longer. And I got to be honest. It's a little annoying, the fighting. And I know I'm a scrawny, I'm not, I'm a slot corner at best physically. I'm, again, certainly not tough. Never played an organized down of football in my life. So I get that I'm speaking with little to no experience in all of this. I understand some of the emotion involved in here. But every single day, there's videos. And it's not just a fight. Here's the worst of the eight that happened today. And we got to stop this one early again. And you know what? We're not going to go tomorrow at all. We'll we'll stay separate until the game. And even watching Hard Knocks this morning, the Jets and Bucks from last week are fighting, fighting, fighting. And even Aaron Rodgers is like, guys, can we just play? I think it's a fair question. Can we, can we keep these? Because they certainly serve a purpose, these joint workouts. At some point, you got to face somebody else. You can get something out of this without everything becoming a brawl, I would think. I would think you could get through like a 90-minute workout with one or two, not eight or nine mini brawls. But this is also like the first time that they're hitting each other physically. Like, yeah, you put the pads on in training camp before the first preseason game. But this is the first time they're actually going up against somebody before they take the field on game day. Right. And games don't boil down to nine fights like we can behave ourselves on a Thursday night or on a Sunday and I get why they're going to happen sometimes it's the other guy I'm protecting my guy I'm fighting from my job I get all of those things it's like the number this is all that happens now it's a fight with some football in between as opposed to football with an occasional meeting of hotheads I mean, I remember last year when the Rams and the Bengals went at it and Aaron Donald just slammed right. in the, he- the helmet. Exactly. We've never seen that before. I mean, right. other than Miles Garrett, but not in training camp. Right. Like, let's just find a nice semi-happy balance here. Practice, be tough, push and shove, but wrestling and running halfway down the field and helmets coming off and punching helmets, it's just too much dumb. Throwing fines. Just throwing a couple fines and you'll be fine. Yeah, I guess. Sirianni's cool with it. He's still got beef with the Colts for uh, firing know. his boy, Frank Reich. That is, there is some juice in a uh, in a late August Colts-Eagles get-together. Uh, the Jets and Giants, as always, finish their preseason against each other. That game is on Saturday, and it's going to feature Aaron Rodgers, at least for a while, his debut unofficially as Jets QB. Here's Robert Sala on that decision. You can't coach scared. You can't play scared. Um... 
you know, you can you can slip out of your car and have something happen to you. But, uh, you know, we'll be, knock on wood, everyone will be fine. You know, you see some of the great ones out there. You know, Kansas City's playing their guys, Buffalo's playing their guys. It's it's not uncommon. Um, you know, you could always play the hindsight game or the, the fearful game, but what's in the best interest for our team is to, to go out there, play some football together, and, and prepare ourselves the best way we can for September 11th. Yeah, all gas, no break to the ER. You don't have to, you're right. Don't play scared. Don't coach scared, but you could coach safely. And I just don't get this one. I don't understand why Patrick Mahomes played whatever it was, almost the first half, I think, the other day against Arizona. I don't understand why Aaron Rodgers will be out there at any point of this game on Saturday against the Giants. I just don't get it. I can't imagine. That Aaron Rodgers in year 43 in the NFL, even in day one as a Jet, needs practice reps before week one. If I got a sloppy first quarter week one because he hadn't played in a real game yet, I can take it. What I can take is some big fat lineman falling on his leg or falling on his shoulder and breaking a collarbone, dislocating a shoulder, and then this whole season that I think can end in a really nice place for them with all these expectations changes immediately on Saturday and with all due respect to John Harbaugh in a meaningless game on Saturday in New Jersey. I just, I don't get it. There's a short list of guys who should never play in the preseason. Rodgers has been on that list since 2017. I don't get taking him off for this game at all. I just don't get it. This situation, though, I can understand and I get it. Now, if we see Rodgers play two drives, let's say, he, he gets 12 to 15 plays. 85% 85% of them are going to be handoffs. He's just getting a taste of his offensive line, a taste of playing in MetLife Stadium where he's going to be all season. I mean, they get nine games this year. And if he's going to throw a ball, it's going to be a screen pass or a quick slant or a down and in. It's You're not going to be seeing anything crazy like him scrambling or throwing a deep ball. Right, but I mean, he's still going to drop back, I would think. And he's going to play the whole first half, maybe. That's a lot of football to actually... I don't think he can do that. But... Tiptoe his way through. I mean, God forbid. Can you imagine what Schwartz would be would be like uh, well, if you see a dislocated shoulder? I mean, that might be the reason to root for something bad to happen, <laughs> to see a, another broken Schwartz. I don't like cats. Or preseason injuries. I mean, we've seen it. You know, we, we teased about, like, how Jason Seahorn in 1998, the punt return, tore his Achilles yeah. off for the year. Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington breaks his wrist. Wasn't really the same player. You know, after that. So, but this situation, just get him on the field, hand the ball off, a little screen, just be conservative, then get him out. None of that first half. No all, way. All gas, no break. Uh, finally, some baseball. Guardians manager Terry Francona yesterday. If you don't haven't been following along, and I, I don't want to make light of the situation, but let's make a Schwartz comparison from yesterday's show. If Schwartz is the unofficial leader of restaurant issues... Terry Francona is the unofficial leader of, like, pregame medical emergencies. He's had more than one issue, like, in the clubhouse before games recently. He's just not a well man. And I've wondered when the end might be near, and maybe the end is coming very soon. Here's Terry yesterday. I've talked to Chris and Cherney at length about the future and everything, and because I don't want to put them in a any remotely kind of a predicament. So we've had a lot of talks about moving forward. The players always have to come first. 
I mean, I remember being in Birmingham and South Bend and thinking the players come first and the organization and my situation would always take care of itself. I think to deviate from that now is wrong. There's got to be a fairness to the organization, a fairness to the players, and then some of it to me. But for the most part, this this job is is really hard. Not that it's a bad job, it's a great job, but it's hard. And the older you get or the more beat up you get, and sometimes it's both, it, it just kind of beats on you, kind of wears on you. I think so much of this organization, I don't ever, ever want to do this for the wrong reasons. For those of you who uh, subscribe to CBS Sports Radio Premium, you just heard us for a minute doing Mark Chernoff impersonations after <laughs> Tito said he talked to Chris and Cherny. Now that's Mike Chernoff, who's there. I, I don't know what his title is anymore. I think it might just still be GM working under Chris Antonetti, but Mike yeah. Chernoff is the son of our former um, executive producer, boss, sports radio overlord, Mark Chernoff. So as as Tito says, I talked to Chris and Cherny, me and Wall immediately, can you just finish out the year? <laughs> you have to. Let's you have be real. to. But he is um, he is just a GM for the Guardians. He is just a GM, yeah. okay. Because I know that multiple teams have tried to hire him, and he keeps getting promotions and raises, yeah. and sometimes you get those crazy HR titles, executive this, vice president of that as a half a promotion to make you stay. So Antonetti's what, the president of baseball operations? That would be my he gets, guess. He gets that title. Yeah. Right. Terry Francona, from a baseball perspective, does not need to do anything else. We probably don't talk about him enough because I think he can kind of get lost as the Cleveland Guardians manager, even as they're playing in a World Series. This is one of the best managers ever. So many wins what he did with Boston, what he's done in Cleveland. The guy's a tremendous manager. He can go home whenever he wants. And from the outside, it certainly seems like he needs to take care of himself here. And maybe in two years, he's feeling great, and he decides he wants to do this again. But, uh, I disagree. I, but just based on hearing him, it sounds like he's done. Oh, yeah. And, and great. All I'm saying is, like, just go home for a little bit. Because like as he said there, I think the, the thing is, he can't do the job the way he thinks the job should be done for the guys around him. And that's a real thing. It's the right conclusion to get to. And a couple of these situations have been scary. So your health's got to come first. He's not a young guy, obviously. So go home and get right. Yeah, and he's only 64 years old. And it's funny that you said, like, he can basically fall off the face of the map. He's been with Cleveland since 2013. I think he's now the most, the winningest manager in their history. I believe he is. Got to yeah. At least on the Guardian side. <laughs> well, that's like, what, 18 months? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's your sound check on this Wednesday morning. You heard his voice for just a second there. He thought he was working yesterday. Huh. He wasn't. Huh. He is working today, and he's here. He's the asset. He is huh. your TV star. Today, he plays just a radio role. Hello, Greg Caserta. Hello, Andrew Bogish. Hello, Butcher. Hello, Kevin Wall. And uh, yeah, just continuing along with Terry Francona, I thought there were whispers about this before the season, that this would be his last year. So to hear him talking like this now really doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Like Kevin said, he's been with Cleveland now for 11 years. He was in Boston for eight. So he's actually spent more time with Cleveland than he did with the Red Sox. 
And just looking, he is 17th all-time in career wins. He's 29, now 30 behind Lou Pinella for 16th all-time. Anyway, we're sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. A non-existent running back market at a time when the position has never been more devalued, plus a few years of Jim Ursay will make a player say and do some crazy things. And Jonathan Taylor finally had his breaking point. Yesterday, the Colts officially granted permission for him to seek a trade. Nearly one month after his official request, the team is going to start fielding offers for the All-Pro. As a comp, the Colts reportedly want more than what the Panthers got when they traded Christian McCaffrey to the Niners. Those were picks in the second, third, fourth, and fifth rounds. Taylor's still on the pup list. After having ankle surgery in the offseason, the former second-rounder is entering the final year of his four-year rookie contract, which has him in line to make $4.3 million this season. Add in the fact he's coming off an injury-plagued 2022 season, Taylor's earning power not quite as strong as it was even this time last year. Four teams have already popped up as potential landing spots, Dolphins, Bears, Raiders, and Bucks. Commander's got some good news on number one wideout Terry McLaurin. Yesterday's MRI on his right big toe showed no structural damage after he got banged up in Monday night's preseason win over the Ravens. He's played in 35 straight games, now has until September 10th when the Commanders host the Cardinals in week one. And speaking of those Bucks, a transition year for them can officially get off the ground with yesterday's news that Baker Mayfield will open the season as Todd Bowles' starting quarterback. I think during training camp, uh, you can look at turnovers. Obviously, taking care of the ball is the main thing, but it's it's practice for a reason. Trying to get timing down with receivers, trying to test certain things out, see what 50-50 balls, what guys are going to make plays. And so when it comes down to the game, that's it's time to take care of the football and be the quarterback you're meant to be. The former number one overall pick beat out 2021 second-rounder Kyle Trask as Tampa Bay moves on from Tom Brady. Baker started the first preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trask the second. The plan is for both to play Saturday in the preseason finale against the Ravens. And you'll love this. Baker's expected to play the first half. Trask the second. Can't wait. That's on Saturday? Yeah. Scheduling accordingly. You're going to circle that one Make your for plans. the weekend? Yes. Let's have a viewing party. Ooh. Nope. Bogish's Bar? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Bogish's By the Bay? No. Bogish's Zoom? <laughs> No, it's all, well, it's no all more, virtual. There's no more summer sports, right? Right, like baseball's done. Oh, we got a, we or got no. a fall ball game tonight. Fall, it's still August. It's you August can't do 23rd. fall ball. Oh, I hear you. But we got a fall ball game tonight. Oh, my God. Um, I've been told you can get a pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks starting tomorrow. It's I was in the supermarket yesterday. Yeah. A full end cap display of pumpkin beers, baby. Let's go. Get your hoodies it's on. It's way too soon. What is your favorite pumpkin food slash drink item that's a good question um a pumpkin donut is good that's what i was gonna say yeah and i'll i'll admit it you go some pumpkin beer in a glass with a cinnamon sugar Mm. a little rim sign me up okay now do you do oktoberfest too yeah 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 i mean i'm gonna drink beer no matter what so are you a big beer guy um i wouldn't say a big beer guy in terms of quantity of beer drank but i'll I'll try different things, and I certainly have opinions on so like, you types do, of beer. Will you do a beer every couple, every 
let's say, a couple of nights during the week? No. I tr- no, 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 no. I try to only have beers on the weekends. Okay. Yeah. But you'll do like a good IPA. You I'm know, not an IPA guy. That's a little, too, okay. uh, a little too bitter times for me. Those can get way. That's not what I, I prefer. Again, I just said, give me a pumpkin beer with a cinnamon sugar yeah, rim on the glass. That's very specific. Yeah. Give me a more, a lighter, like a, give me a summer, like a light wheat beer or okay. a, even some a little fruit flavor in there too like sometimes. A, a shandy? Do a summer shandy? Yeah. Yeah. How about Blue Moon? But then Blue, Blue Moon's, Moon's always got to be in a glass with the orange slice. That's my go-to beer year-round. So really, a, okay. A Blue Moon's good, but I've advanced to um, Golden Road Mango Cart is my, yeah, my favorite beer on the planet right now. That thing's delicious, and oh, then it's got it. some pop too. And then around here in Long Island, um, what is it? Blue Point Brewery has a thing called Always Sunshine or Sunshine Always. It's just their kind of take on that. So it's like got a little more citrus to it. That's a good beer too. That's mm. like Blue Moon on steroids. All right, yeah. I mean, I'll give that one a shot. Kate also a beer drinker? Um, yeah, but she would rather have wine or a cocktail. I was gonna say I see her more as like a white wine. But I mean, type. like I'm talking like a gin and tonic or tequila or Oof. something. Like she's not messing around. So I maybe I talked about this on the air. Do you guys know the whole thing with gin? Do you guys know that gin filters through your blood slower than other alcohol? No. Did you know that? Not. No. No. So if you drink two gin cocktails, it would be the equivalent of having, let's say, Four whiskey cocktails. It takes like double the time to filter through your blood for whatever reason. Is that why it makes my wife angry? It could be. Yeah. <laughs> I, it gives me wicked hangovers. That's why I don't really drink gin. I mean, it's like 48% alcohol. So <laughs> yeah. what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. It's I, also I, disgusting, if we're being honest. I, here's, here's the thing I don't love gin and tonic, but if you have a really good gin martini, because a regular martini is gin, it's not vodka. That like That's the traditional martini. So if you go to a good bar, you have a good bartender, a gin martini is very good. But if you're not careful, it will ruin your following day. My yeah. my ex's um, father, big gin guy, big gin martini guy, very conditioned. Yeah, let's just say very conditioned. <laughs> so, now, <laughs> so now, would you try and drink gin with him? I mean, this is I, an I ex, couple, so it wasn't. Yeah. No, I had gin and tonics with him, but okay, one and done though, because I think it's just disgusting, to be honest. Yeah, gin, gin and tonic. Very old man, dry mouth beverage. <laughs> I'm basic. Just give me Tito's Club. Nice little lime squeezing in. Good to go. And finally, as we uh, wrap up the NFL here, one of Baker Mayfield's former teams is the Carolina Panthers. They have a new RB1 in Miles Sanders. He said yesterday that he will be absolutely ready for week one against the Falcons. Missed the last couple of weeks of training camp with a groin injury that sidelined him for the first two preseason games. But he's practiced in full pads, back-to-back days to start this week. Sanders in year one of, in this market, a lucrative four-year deal worth over $25 million. All right, Greg. It's good to see you today. You too, for real. And you think you're back Friday? I'm definitely back Friday. Okay. Should I not call you tomorrow morning to wake Like, How can I Here's secure what, so your sleep tomorrow morning? When you morning? messaged me yesterday, like, hey, just come in. Yeah. If I wasn't on the opposite side of town and all the way uptown, right. I would have come in just to hang for a little bit. And I'm a breakfast guy. Yeah, exactly. I would have brought breakfast then. I'd have no Maybe I'll bring a breakfast Friday. And I've had, you know, when you come in at the, the same time every day and like a weird time like we do, it's very repetitive. I see the same people. Yeah. 
on the train. The same folks get off the subway stop, up the block. The same deliveries are being made to, like, the stores around here at 5, whatever, in the morning. So it's very monotonous. And I notice when things are off. And there have been times where I've gotten to, like, the front door of our building, and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Is it Saturday? Am I supposed to be here? So, like, I've lived your... Now, I haven't, I haven't, I actually haven't come in on a day I wasn't uh-huh. supposed to be here. Oh, I have. But I've, <laughs> yeah, you definitely have. But I've, I've <laughs> thought that I did and then had to like double check what day it was and know that I had, did make the right decision to get up and come in. I knew something was off because I was 20 minutes from my house. I nearly got on the New Jersey Turnpike and I realized I haven't gotten a show rundown yet in my email. Ooh. And I knew that with you hosting, that it wasn't a mistake. You're very good about sending it out. So once it wasn't in my inbox, I double-checked the schedule, and I was just off by a day on both days this week. And, you know, the night before when I was when I was creating the email, I thought it was Schwartz. I was like, maybe it's Greg. I know they're alternating days. Yeah. I don't know who comes first. I think it's Schwartz. I'm not going to check. Let me just hit send. And if it's not Schwartz, I'll know by a reply to the email. And then there was no reply, so I assumed I was okay and correct. And then that was the next morning where you were confused. So Did Schwartz mail it in yesterday because there's no video stream? Was it a day? <laughs> oh, it was a day. <laughs> it was a day. He hates cats. He yeah, hates... That really annoys me. We, hates... we could talk about that later. He fights uh, deli men. <laughs> right. Hates large salads. <laughs> Only small salads. <laughs> Only limited veggies. <laughs> yes. And next, uh, weird handshakes on Monday Night Football after this on the DA show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Only one letter separates them, but they're galaxies apart. One is a true winner. One is a pathetic loser. This is DA's Champ or Chump. Our champ this week comes from Sunday afternoon in Oakland. Baltimore facing the A's and Orioles stud infielder Gunnar Henderson, possibly the AL Rookie of the Year, comes up having already doubled, tripled, and homered. So he needs just a single 
for the elusive cycle. One and two the count. The next pitch. Henderson hits it on the ground. Fair ball and down the right field line. Henderson around first. He's going to keep on going. Rutschman scores. He wanted a single. He got a double and an RBI. And it's now an 11-1 ball game. The only time you don't want to get an extra base hit. That's Jeff Arnold, who's been behaving himself, so he's allowed to do Orioles games on the radio over the weekend. The TV call included the, of course he didn't stop at first line. The whole dugout is telling him to stop, is chirping him as he's standing on second, and Gunnar Henderson's looking back, kind of shrugging, sheepish grin on his face, because he never for a second thought about stopping at first. The game was out of hand. They didn't need the extra base, which furthers the idea of just stop, take the single, get your cycle. But it's a rip down the right field line past the first baseman. It's got double written on it the whole way. Had he needed a triple, it would have been a kind of ball where you tried to go for three, maybe gotten thrown out, missed the cycle. But here he is eating just a single. He's got at least that. Doesn't have to go to second, but he goes to second because he's just playing baseball. But he also ends up accomplishing something that is more rare than a cycle. There have been, since 1901, 300 cycles, including the postseason. The game that Gunnar Henderson had on Sunday, if you want to give this a clever name, like a Gunnar cycle or something, only 44 times since 1901 now, somebody had a home run, a triple, and multiple doubles. The last such game was a decade ago. David Wright, our new friend, who was here two weeks ago with us, uh, did it for the Mets back in 2013. Gunnar Henderson, for just simply playing baseball, going to get his double, not stopping for history that doesn't really mean anything, he is my champ this week. That's DA's champ. Your chump is also from baseball, and it's a whole group of chumps. Bad umpiring is not new. But with all these new systems and grids and computers and whatever, we know how bad these guys now are. And it's no longer just Angel Hernandez. There's C.B. Buckner. There's Laz Diaz. There's Junior Valentine. It's happening every day, but it feels like since Friday in particular, I've been overwhelmed by the accounts that I follow that track this with atrocious umpiring. Not just missed calls. Every umpire is going to miss calls on the black, on the border, up, down, inside, out. If if you're watching at home and the ball is within a ball's width of the strike zone, like that's good. Like that's margin for error for me. We got guys calling pitches shin high, chin high, couldn't reach it outside, knocking me off the plate, calling things that were never strikes. Strikes. There was a play the other day in the Yankees-Red Sox game. I don't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday. But there was a pitch that was in the strike zone by multiple inches. The batter put his head down, started to walk away. The pitcher began to walk off the mound. The catcher stood up. It was the final out of the inning to throw to first and leave. And then they all realized that the umpire never called strike. And they all kind of turned and looked. And he goes, it's a ball. And then I think eventually, I might can be uh, confusing at bats, either this situation or another where the missed call then led to a Rafael Devers home run. The amount of bad umpiring at this moment seems to be 
out of control. Worse than I can remember. And there are too many guys umpiring who we know their names and their faces because they're bad. It's just not good for baseball. And I don't know that they care. I don't know if they want this to build up so we're not going to be angry with robot umpires and review systems and guys, have you seen this in the minor leagues yet? Batters are touching their helmet, asking for a check of a pitch. But that's coming, and we need it. MLB umpires, and there's too many of them for sucking. They're my chump this week. That's DA's chump. Class is now dismissed. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227 is the number. At CBS Sports Radio. At Andrew Bogish on Twitter. I don't think DA asks for your suggestions for champ or chump. I think it's just his his area on these shows. And Wall asked me the other day about Momentous Monday. Now, that is something that Sean and I, mostly Sean decided that we weren't going to do when DA wasn't here. That was specifically a DA thing because it connects to his good buddy, Mo. So if you've been wondering where that's been, that's why we don't do it. It's a conscious decision to leave that one to D- for DA. But obviously, Trash Tuesday, tomorrow's the Thursday, Thursday, Target Demo Friday, Champ or Chump, they all continue. Uh, so whether or not you can suggest one, send us your re- your normal nonsense on social media and whatnot. Later this hour, uh, maybe a new champ, maybe a new chump, depending on how you take this, Justin Tucker, who I love. I have a strange affection for him, much like my ridiculous defensive running backs and weather people. I will always come to the defense of kickers because everybody likes to you-know-what on them until your guy misses a huge kick, and then they are the devil, they're the enemy. So it pays to have a guy who doesn't miss, and nobody has not missed better than Justin Tucker in recent memory, maybe for forever. Uh, I, I'm not kidding my good buddy, Kadri Ismael, who uh, I work with at times during the college football season, of course, a Raven great, covers the team now still. We've had more than one conversations about my adoration for Justin Tucker. And I may or may not be disappointed that Kadri has not brought me some kind of Justin Tucker memorabilia by now. But as much as I love the guy, I didn't know what he did on the side when he wasn't kicking tremendously important field goals for the Ravens, but he's a showman. He's a salesman and he's been pushing coffee and pastries and ready to go meals for years in the Baltimore area, showing off all these non kicking skills. And I was alerted to this only last night. I checked with DA to make sure that's never come up on the show before, before I was around because it goes back five or six years I don't remember last week, so we did it two years ago. I wouldn't remember it. And he said it's new to him, too. So it's new to him. It's new to me. It might be new to you. We'll do that in a second. Uh, But here comes again the TV star, the asset, and soon to be my guest on side B of the PGP, which you'll get later today. But for right now, he's got your headlines. Here's Greg Caserta. So I'm conflicted about this. I was was told by my... um, my my inner circle that I should retire the asset moniker. Really? Yeah. That I that I'm I'm too big for it. That the asset is beneath me, and that it's you've, you've gone past I mean, asset. Uh, yeah, because it's just a childish, um, immature thing. This is a tough one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it because it came from a really good place. It came from two people that I trust immensely. 
but I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like it was very short-lived, and I don't think I'm ready to see it go away yet. I mean, maybe I'm misreading the way you are handling it, but I always took it as a fun, yeah, tongue-in-cheek thing, right. which means it could be never-ending. Right. Like if you really deep down, like believe, like, yeah, man, I'm the bleeping asset. No, no, no. I don't then believe maybe that. Maybe I, I don't back believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. It's not like I'm now living the character, right? Like, like it's you're not, not one of those. Call me asset. He has right. a shirt though. <laughs> He but, does have a shirt, but the shirt's funny. I mean, well, yeah, you have I, two shirts, actually. I, I have two shirts, yeah. I'll probably wear one Friday. But here's the thing. It's irrelevant without the video stream. If I don't, it's just no it's, one knows. It's any other shirt. Yeah, I had Boyle's shirt off on Monday because there's no stream. <laughs> That's yeah. why I'm wearing my DJ LeMayu. I can just get <laughs> yeah. away with it now. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Like, you call me the asset. Billy Jock alone's the one who really pushed for this whole thing, so he still calls me that. And obviously, I'm I'm regarded that way by important people, right? I in mean, the, you, in the business, so. and you are an asset. And I'm an asset. I've been told that by more than one person. So I just call you Greg. Yeah, because <laughs> you've never viewed me as an asset. Just Greg. Just another guy. And so, it's hard to argue against Billy Jacques alone. I mean, of I, all people, I, I'm assuming. I right, I'm assuming your wife is one of the people who said maybe. We should get away from the asset. Maybe a, a parent, a sibling, a right. good friend could be one of or both of those. Yeah, right. Voices that you would normally trust. One hundred percent. Do you trust them over Billy Jack alone? I don't think I do. No. No. When it comes to matters of the radio station, if there's a guy right. that I would trust, he'd be in my inner circle. He's one of my, if not my closest friends here. This is like picking between your children. Yeah. Do I trust my significant other? Sure. My My parent. Or my Billy Jock alone? Yeah. Billy Jock alone, all the and way. Billy could be a star on this show, and he chooses not to be. He just loves being a peripheral guy in the background. Correct. So, like, he's he's just, he's great. So, like, when he says, oh, look who's here, it's the asset, there's got to be something to that. I don't know. I mean, there are people here who, again, showed up in tuxedos to interview <laughs> for Sean's job. We're bringing in PowerPoints. Uh, we're calling in references making phone calls, you know, can you put in a good word for mm. me, this or that? People who already have good jobs, you were like, I want to have that job. And Bill is like, I'm good. I'm chill. I'm fine. He's got his gallon of water. He goes to Dunkin' around this time. And right. And does his minutes and sayonara. I said to him today, because he uh, he's one of those guys that never really put weight on over the last five years. Like, True. he's one of the few guys. Yeah. And I, I said to him, like, I've been working with him for... Over five years, I've seen him eat one sandwich in that entire time. He doesn't eat. He's one of those guys. You know what? That's a good point. And he was a big proponent of a long, for a long time of Donut Fridays. But now that I think of it, I don't know that he ever actually nope. went and got one. He drinks protein shakes. And used to smoke cigs. Yeah. Used to love ripping cigs. Yeah. But that stopped. Right. And, and sometimes when that stops, that's when the weight put, goes you up. You put the weight on. No, he's lost weight. Yeah. It's the same thing when you quit drinking, apparently. Your uh, craving for sugar go, uh, skyrockets. Really? Because that's what you're missing. Sugar. He's an amazing person. I Again, I don't... I, I can maybe hear where your people are coming from, mm -hmm. but they're not Billy. They're not Billy. Nobody is Billy. Is Billy even out there to listen to this right now, or is he maybe on one he's, of his sabbaticals? He's definitely out there. Okay. I don't know if the speaker's on in the newsroom, though. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. It shouldn't be. 
By the way, I don't know if you listened to Friday's show. I did not. I'm sorry. Um, I, I didn't think you would. Pete Pilati did. He texted me a couple times. Always naturally. Um, there were points where Botcher and Carlos were legitimately concerned. It was more me. No, 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 not about my personal life. <laughs> oh, that, he, that was something else. He was concerned about my personal life because I brought up an argument that I had with Aaron on the air. So I made for good fodder, but he was looking at me like, yo, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. They were concerned that I didn't talk enough sports. No. Yeah, they they kept saying sports, sports, and I, I didn't <laughs> talk enough sports for their liking. I don't think this show has ever hit the correct breakdown of sports versus other things it was the perfect friday show like those these few times now where i get a chance to sit in that chair and host i think friday is the perfect day for me it's the perfect day for anyone that's not da yeah like i actually as much as i love hanging out for these four hours and leaving at 1001 or 958 um five three days is a lot give me give me every friday is fine or every Friday's summer nice. friday you show up, you sit down, you have the whole week to work off of, a guest yep. or two, and all of a sudden it's your weekend. Yeah, I get why I get why he would take off on Fridays. Yeah. But I also get why one of us schlubs would sit in that chair and go, This is great. Correct. Just that one day in and out. Yeah. It's like have a day off too. Yeah. I love it. But I so I'm still thinking about still thinking about this. You know what? We need a poll question. Is this the poll question? Oh does he keep the nickname? Do we do we keep or retire the asset for Greg Asserta? It'll be up momentarily at CBS Sports Radio. Now, I will say this. I don't think that this vote has to be binding unless you want it to be. Unless no, you not want... at all. Okay. So this is more of a suggestion than anything else. <laughs> Nothing I say on this show is binding. I think that's why I enjoy it so <laughs> I much. That's the disclaimer that's played <laughs> as the show starts. Nothing means anything. I think that's why I love this job so much. Because nobody listens and cares? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos mentioned something at some point Friday. He's like, you know, and if the bosses are listening, and I just went, <laughs> That's a good heat if check. If the bosses are listening, come on. Funny guy, you. The only way to tell when a boss is listening is when I'm sitting in the newsroom and I can hear David Marinick, who has <laughs> as unique a laugh as anybody. Oh, it's wild. And he is completely down the hallway. I mean, I don't know. I'm bad at this. Is that 150 feet away where his office from from the newsroom? I would say so. Right? That's a good, yeah, good guess. And when he laughs at something, I can hear it like he's sitting next he's to me. He's a hyena. That's sure. how I know he's listening. If he's if there is no si- if there's silence, the fan's on down there. Hmm. Hey, this side could be on fire. Somebody walks by. It's a little hot in here. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, that's the CBS Sports Network Studios. That's where Time to Shine comes from. That's my favorite thing still. We're on year 11, and when sales gives people tours, they tell us that this studio is CBS Sports Network. Not CBS Sports Radio. Still, CBS Sports that. Network, which is a thing. It's not just the wrong title. It's not even the right medium. It's a, it's a thing that's not us that exists somewhere else on a different medium. But thank God for those progressive reads. Speaking of which, here's headlines. Well, Bogish, as Saul Rosenberg of the Jerky Boys famously said, <laughs> I'll sue everybody. Punitive damages here. To college football we go, and Reggie Bush is fighting back against the mighty NCAA. He is planning to file a defamation lawsuit today against the infamous governing body of college athletics. Quote, 
This lawsuit is based on the NCAA maliciously attacking his character through a completely false and highly offensive statement that was widely reported in the media and substantially and irreparably damaged his reputation. That's according to Bush's attorneys, law firm McCathern PLLC. Although college athletes can now receive benefits from their names, images, and likenesses through activities like endorsements and appearances, NCAA rules still do not permit pay-for-play type arrangements. This was the NCAA spokesperson in that statement that is now under question. The NCAA infractions process exists to promote fairness in college sports. The rules that govern fair player voted on, agreed to, and expected to be upheld by all NCAA member schools. Clearly, none of us are lawyers, so I don't understand all of this, but I don't understand Reggie Bush's argument over and over again, whether it's in a courtroom or just in a microphone. It doesn't matter what the rules are now. The rules then were the rules and you broke them. Yes. I don't, I don't understand if the rules change and they were, some of them were dumb, but like, did he got a house for playing? Like, right. I mean, dude, I've got, what am I missing? So, yeah. So he's going to speak at a news conference at the uh, LA Memorial Coliseum this morning. So we'll see if we get that. Although he's not going to be speaking at 7 a.m. That'll be tomorrow's cold open. uh, There you go. Uh, so this goes back to having his 2005 Heisman Trophy uh, reinstated. He forfeited the trophy in 2010 after a four-year extra benefits investigation determined that he and family members, while he was at USC, accepted cash, travel expenses, and a home in the San Diego area where his parents lived rent-free for more than a year and they were also given $10,000 to furnish. Right, which is still not allowed. <laughs> it's like, it was definitely not allowed back then. I don't understand I, I don't what know. he wants here. I mean, I do think he should have his Heisman Trophy back. Right, So, like, I, and that's the thing I think part of my frustration, too. He has, like, in reality, all the things he wants. Sure. Like, we all think the punishment, like, vacating wins, and we saw him be amazing. Right. He can like he in my mind Heisman winner. I get like I get Always. it. Like I don't. Yeah. I didn't take those things away from Never. him. So I like he almost has what he wants, and he's still fighting for it on really crappy ground. It's I almost like he's saying. It. It's almost like he's looking for. He's not obviously, but it's almost like in a weird way he's looking for financial compensation. Like these guys now are making money. Right. I had Soon to do. I pay. had to do it sneakily and under the table. <laughs> I want money on the up and up. It's like uh, this. It's a very strange thing. And he's and he works right. I mean, he's not hurting for money. No. He hasn't. He right. He's on TV. He was. He was. He, he right? might have been cut by. He's not on one the, of those on the FS1 thing anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. But like, it, it's not like he's destitute and he's no. grasping at every last straw to find money. Like he's he's Reggie Bush still. Yeah. I also think he's married to a woman who looks a lot like Kim Kardashian. Really? Which is not a coincidence. Let me pull this up. He has a type, huh? We'll, we'll get to her later. She's really not that important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I'm married to Reggie Bush. <laughs> cool. Anything else you're good at? Nope. Elsewhere in what used to be the Pac-12. <laughs> Girl cheeses. I can make a grilled cheese. Washington running back Cam Davis is done for the season. He suffered a lower body injury during camp. The sophomore was expected to be the feature back this season for the 10th-ranked Huskies after scoring 13 touchdowns as a freshman last season. And finally, NBA, the Players Association, will file a grievance disputing the $100,000 fine for James Harden over his comments after the Sixers failed to trade him. 
This was all in response to Damian Lillard's trade request from the Trailblazers. The NBA sent the memo to all 30 teams last month that any player or his agent who makes public or private comments indicating he won't fully perform the services called for under his player contract in the event of a trade will be subject to discipline moving forward. Here's some of what Harden said. I've been patient all summer, so uh, for me it's just uh, focus on what I can control and that's uh, you know, working out, staying in shape, and uh, getting ready for a good season. Too late to repair the relationship? Uh, I think so. So the memo goes out. I don't understand why I'm being fined $100,000. Of course, the only team hardware in Harden's collection, two gold medals with the U.S. men's basketball team. The one Olympic medal came in the 2012 London Games. Just a, a team guy and uh, really selfless, so I really wish him the best. Really pulling for him. <laughs> yeah. Get him his freedom. Yeah, best of luck. Doing him dirty. Again, another team. Shame on them. Go, James. All right, without further ado, well, of the commercial break, and then without further ado, it's Justin Tucker doing ridiculous things on Baltimore TV next on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, hey, everybody. Final few minutes, hour two of this Wednesday edition of the DA Show. Ryan Botcher was here. Then I showed up. Kevin Wall just returned. That commercial break went fast. But that's good because you need to hear this audio. Now, Brian Edwards, loyal listener, good buddy of the show, sent me a message on Instagram last night. Watching the Orioles game, this commercial popped up. There's a ton of them you guys need to discuss. Royal Farms is, a, I guess, a relatively regional convenience store chain in and around the Baltimore area. So Ravens kicker Justin Tucker has a long-standing relationship as a commercial actor for Royal Farms. There's a lot of them. Some of them are kind of just straight performances where Justin's introducing you to their new coffee machines or telling you about the new items in the to-go case or whatever. There's a little acting in some, and it's very little acting from Tucker. This one, though, this is everything. And this one is old. This is five or six years old, so maybe you've heard it. I hope you have not. It's new to me. It's new to the show. It's amazing. This is Ravens all-world kicker Justin Tucker rapping about, I think, fried chicken. Hey, Justin Tucker, you just bought some Royal Farms world-famous chicken. What are you going to do now? Got some chicken in my hand. Going to eat it, understand? It's crispy, golden brown, moist and tender going down. Royal Farms. Royal what? Royal Farms world I think I'm on, I don't know, viewing 13 of that, and it still leaves me dumbfounded. I'm starting it again so I can fully describe to you what's going on here. The commercial starts with Tucker at the counter. He's handed a box of this delicious, famous Royal Farms fried chicken. He does a peculiar, like, because the question is, what are you going to do now? And he, oh, what am I going to do now? And then everything drops away, and he's on a stage. There are strobe lights. Instead of a microphone, he's rapping into a chicken tender. <laughs> he has back three backup dancers who are holding sodas and bags of chips. They're the ones going, Royal what? Royal Farms. He's got his hair gelled back perfectly. He's doing the whitest guy dance moves ever. 
I just, I can't get over this. You know what this reminds me of? You know, when me? I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> or me uh, doing karaoke. <laughs> but I remember as a kid, you know, watching Nickelodeon and all that, and they had those cheesy child Reese's Puffs, you know, early 2000s commercials where you just see dancing like the kids are eating the you know the cereal and all eat that right. beat them they- up beat them up <laughs> <laughs> royal what royal I- farms and again this is from according to the youtube video this is 6 years old shame on all of us uh, how did we in particular this show live life for the last 6 years not knowing this was a thing this is his greatest accomplishment. The head with the 66 yard field you know goal against Detroit. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I'm jealous of the Mid-Atlantic region. If you have a Royal Farms near you, I'm I thought Wawa was the end all be all, but maybe I'm missing out and Royal Farms is the place to go. And as Justin Tucker might be the best kicker of our lifetimes. Wall's right. This is Justin Tucker. Actor, rapper, Salesman, then he's a kicker. So Buffalo Bills are they in trouble? Power broker. That's next on the DA show. You don't show. know who's listening, right? We're not. We're not getting congratulatory texts, or, or at least I'm not, from general managers, commissioners, program directors. Hey, that was a good bit. That was funny. You should do this or love that spot with Steve Jones, Penn State Radio. Ha ha ha. Wrong, Rick Barry. We don't hear. You don't you don't get though that kind of feedback. So sometimes you're just you're wondering, you know, who is listening? Who is listening? Proof yesterday, double proof that people are listening. The first is James Harden and the NBA. Caserta's mentioned it at least once this morning that the NBA yesterday fined James Harden a hundred thousand dollars for calling Daryl Morey a liar and saying he could never play for that team again, that their relationship was beyond repair. $100,000 means nothing to James Harden. In fact, people responded to the news with memes of actual James Harden, I don't know, in a club, at a casino, with stacks of cash in his hand. They've got no, he's got no problem covering 100 G. Fine. But which radio show on Monday said, it's not going to matter. The money's the money's the money. It's not going to hurt. But somebody's got to find James Harden something, some nominal punishment for calling his boss a liar. Someone's got to pretend to have authority, that there are rules. It's an HR violation, maybe, that somebody's got to do something to James Harden for this. Who said that? We did. And 48 hours later, Adam Silver acted. That was the first proof that they're listening. The second came, I don't know, mid-afternoon, early evening, Eastern time yesterday. And this is where people Audi gets involved. My phone buzzes once with the alert that the Chicago... You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. White Sox have fired team president Ken Williams and GM Rick Hahn. Smile comes across my face. Because who on this show a few weeks ago, on the heels of the Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez fight, and Keenan Middleton going to the Yankees and saying, man, it's good to be here where there's rules. That guy's falling asleep in the White Sox bullpen. Guys missing practices and workouts. It was a bleep show. Thank God I'm here. I happily shaved my mustache, whatever, because rules are good. Some guys pushed back on that story. We had another one where Tim Anderson and Yasmani Grandal got into a slap fight in the clubhouse because Grandal wanted to leave early for spring for, for the All-Star break. And Anderson said, great, get out of here. I'll pay for your flight. And they got a little bit of a shoving match. That got dismissed by some. Other people confirmed that it had happened. Lance Lynn said, I'll tell you what's wrong with that story, and then stayed quiet because nothing was wrong with the story. In the immediate aftermath of all of that, who, now, sure, more angrily than he needed to be and louder than he needed to say it, but who said, who declared on this show that it was time for the White Sox to fire everybody from the top down? Who said it? Pete the body, Bilotti. Now, it took Jerry Reinsdorf a little longer to act than did Adam Silver on what he heard on this show. But Pete said it two or three weeks later. It happened yesterday. I get the alert. I immediately think of Pete. And before I can text Pete, hey, they're listening, Pete texts me with a screen grab of his alert with who said this three weeks ago. And I want to point out the significance of Jerry Reinsdorf or somebody who has Jerry's ear in Chicago. Thank you for listening, first of all. But a lot of people have told Jerry Reinsdorf that he needed to fire Ken Williams and Rick Hahn. The White Sox have, 2005, they won the World Series, made the playoffs in 20 and 21, and 20 was the COVID year. Other than that, they've been different degrees of bad. They they completely tore it down at one point recently, trying to rebuild. Oh, here's the playoffs in 20 and 21. We're going well. And then the last two years have been a disaster. The whole Tony La Russa embarrassment, and then it somehow got worse this year. This is a team that people thought had playoff potential out of a weak AL Central. And they are going in the last night we're 49 and 76. I think 16 games out of first place in the Central, which is the worst division in baseball. If they were in a different division, they'd be 700 games out of first place. It has been an abject failure. But this goes back to like 2011, 2012, when Ken Williams and Ozzie Guillen were having a public fight, embarrassing the entire club, and people, and, and, Ken Williams has had his job since like 2001. So we're into like at that point, a decade plus on the job. 
six or seven years post the World Series in the middle of mediocrity, and people then are going, both of these guys got to go. Ken and Ozzy. Only Ozzy went. We keep going. We keep going. They have to do a teardown because these guys couldn't build a winner. So they decide, we're going to do this all the way from scratch. And they let those same guys stay. And they start to make some good decisions. But they can't close the deal the last couple of years. Nobody lost their job over the LaRusa embarrassment or anything else. People have been writing, calling, declaring the need to get rid of these two guys, or at least Ken Williams, for five, six, seven, maybe ten years. And Jerry Reinsdorf did not listen, did not act, did not see the logic, did not see the reason behind it until he or somebody close to him heard earlier this month, Pete the Body Bilotti, non-compulsive gambler, he said it's time for wholesale changes to the top. Williams has to go. Hans got to go. Others have said it. It was ignored then. It was not ignored this month because Pete said it, and that's what mattered to Jerry Reinsdorf. I can. I think they're listening. <laughs> I can picture Pete once he got the breaking news. Texas, you. He goes to his wife and pulls a Adrian. I did it. <laughs> if you I don't mean- think that this is now somehow on the unofficial Bellotti resume, you don't know Pete. That is true. I mean, I get the screen grab is his little alert from his MLB app, and then Q three weeks ago. He knows it. Wait, he tweeted about this? Yeah. Oh, Peter. There have been articles, radio shows, TV spots demanding this change that the White Sox have ignored. Pete Bellotti speaks, and two guys lost their job. (laughs) Here's why... uh... Yeah, he, um, he's got power that he doesn't realize he has, and that kind of worries me. Okay, so that's one way to describe it. <laughs> I would go, Pete has power. Pete thinks he has power that he doesn't have. Oh, my God. And this is happy accident. But it is validation. Again, he's a commander. He's in charge. He's a leader of men. He's a competitor. He wants to win at all costs. And when you're that kind of voice, it gets heard by people at all reaches of the sports world. And somebody at the top, tippy top of the White Sox, heard Pete through all the noise. That was the voice that mattered. I like music. And here we are today. Those two guys are out of a job. I don't want to celebrate it. But celebrating a, Pete, though. But celebrating Pete every day is a Pete celebration. And the long-needed validation of what he is and what he means to at least North American sports, that's what we're celebrating. I feel like your role on this show as the biggest S-starrer... Well, that's not my role. I'm he, good at it. I enjoy it. But, but Kaplan's the biggest. Is he, though? Because yeah. he doesn't really take credit for anything. Because even when we mention him, you almost get the sense that he's back there. Like, don't just don't say any more. And your your propensity for doing this, your skill. I didn't do anything. It's here. gotten re- it's gotten really good. No, I didn't. Do, I th- thank you for the compliment, but yeah. I did not do anything here. All I said was. Somebody needs to do the fake slap on the wrist to James Harden. You can't call your boss a liar on camera. And the NBA fined him 100 grand yesterday. It means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. But they did it. Yeah. So they're listening. P 
repeat the body Bilotti said, the White Sox are an embarrassment. The guys at the top have to go. That's how you can fix this. He was the, I don't know, 500,000th voice to say that. And the first 499, 999 were ignored. His was heard. Those guys are out. It's not an accident. He also followed that tweet with a tweet about Ken Patera and the WWE, which is a great reference for people that watched wrestling 30 years ago. So, you know what? I hope that I hope everyone's enjoying Pete in all forms. I guess it is possible that the tweet is what they saw mm. and not listening live to the show. So maybe this is not this is just about Pete, not about all of us, but still they're paying attention to Pete. And I'm glad if it was the tweet that it didn't get lost between all of the wrestling thoughts, great. I don't celebrate when people lose their jobs. Some people I would. Not Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. some people I would. A lot of times I don't. Because there are human feelings and emotions. And and they've got families. They have families. You know, sometimes you, again, not anybody that we know, but you find out about jobs or lack thereof from media columnists, Twitter. Right. Right. You know, not that that's ever happened to you or me, but it happens in the business. I've heard rumors. Do you think that Pete kind of reveled in this yesterday because he (laughs) predicted this weeks ago? Oh, my Lord. You think he was basking in it yesterday? I would assume that by now he has sent an email to our bosses, the podcast wing, (laughs) pitching some kind of baseball podcast now (laughs) that he is getting people fired inside MLB. Timmy's birthday party got extended to yesterday. (laughs) Or did it get get closed off because he had business to take care of? Everyone's got to go. I got to get the White Sox no out of here. No cake. I got White Sox breaking news. Everybody's got to leave. Leave Leave daddy alone. See the PGA? <laughs> yeah, he comes back. He's spending PGA, his PGA gambling wins on the party, but then all of a sudden he's got Ken Williams' future in his hands and the party's off. So we haven't done an Ask Pete in a while, and I love any sort of Bilotti content because it's just fantastic. You know how they have the guy at the NFL Hall of Fame, he shows up to people's houses to let them know that they got in? (laughs) Pete, (laughs) Pete should be the Grim Reaper for managers and coaches in sports, and he's the one that has to break the news to them that they've been fired. What do they call the NFL? The Turk? Pete's the Turk. You're right. (laughs) That would be terrific. Hey, uh, Skip wants to see you. And they go into into the the owner's office. It's Jerry Reinsdorf sitting with Bilotti. <laughs> Please have a seat. <laughs> well, spoiler alert on side A of the PGP, me and Kevin Wall, we talked about Wall's uh, six-month uh, change of scenery mm. before he came back here and where he was working. And the full story is on the podcast, but he walked in and there was an HR rep waiting for him inside the front door to say, you're not working today. Your time here is over. Are you serious? That's what happened. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. But imagine if that person was Bilotti. Oh. You're walking in. It's actually the day you're supposed to be here, not yesterday. You got your yogurt in your one hand, your iced coffee in the other. It's like, oh, it's going to be a great Wednesday. And Bilotti stands up with a sympathetic oh. look in his best blue pullover and his khaki pants. He's like, we got to talk, Greg. I hope in, in my case, I hope that when that inevitably happens, I hit the elevator to ride up to the 10th floor, and he's just hovering in the ceiling of the elevator with that piano wire. He chokes me out and then 
pulls me up the elevator <laughs> shaft. <laughs> That's how it ends. <laughs> Silent Assassin. Pete the Body Velotti. I can also see Pete like waiting for you at the glass door. And as you <laughs> grab the handle, he grabs the other side. So you can't come in. He just goes, no, the, no, no. The not finger today. wag. <laughs> you let go. No, you let go. <laughs> not, it's over, Greg. Just oh. leave your pass there. We'll get it later. Good Lord. Could, could you mail us back Pete your ID? He wants to see you. Bring your playbook. <laughs> Speaking of, I have to pay this company $10 to get a new ID. Because yeah. I've, been, I've been using a guest badge for the last week. I don't know where my regular ID is. I also I, wouldn't know the person to get you your new ID anymore. Because there used to be a person that we have a front desk, but I don't think that's manned anymore. It used to over be. Over there, there's a front desk. Yeah, during but the week. does somebody sit behind yeah. there? Oh, there's okay. a person. I, okay. I don't know what it is they do here, but they, they sit there. That's where I got my ID last the one time I lost it. I'm probably going to go there one. at some point today. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone sit at that desk right? since 2018. When I got my badge. Yeah, I yeah, think... During the week, they're over there. Every time I see them, they're like, are you, are you supposed to be here? And then they ask me, do, do I need help? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm trying to go home. I'm right. waiting for the elevator. They messed up here. So you just make no impression on anyone, huh? I guess. I'm mesmerized by you, which is another thing on the on Saturday uh-huh. the PGP, asking Wall for some botch or tidbits from sitting in the same room for his four hours. But I don't know if you heard this, Greg. Ryan can't sign up for certain things because when he puts in his information, like his personal info, he gets a, there's not enough like on file for you. So like he can't bet. None of the, none of the betting apps will give him an account because there's not enough paper on him. Really? And now he's saying people don't know why he's here. That's really strange. Like everybody has the same paperwork. Yeah. Why Why is yours different? They can verify me. Do you have a birth certificate? Yes. Do you have a passport? Yes. Have you been able to travel out of the country? Yes. He's got a social number. I have a social ID. Doesn't work. Is it possible that, like, here you're 22 years old, but if we went to a different country, you'd really be like 37 or something like that? If I was and I didn't know, I'd be very surprised. You look 22. It's not like you look like an old man telling people you're 22. Are you a narc? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Are you one of those like adult cops sent back here to like spy on us and uh, jump Yeah, potentially. <laughs> What's the Steve Buscemi meme from where he's like, Our "Fellow kids." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> so you have problems outside of this building with your paper trail. Oh yeah, th- th- this place here is. I have no issues. It's just, it's like two. Hey, give it, give it time. No, no, like, yeah, give it time. <laughs> we can't turn people away. Paperwork issues. Yeah. Are you alive? Right Can you get here? You're in. You're hired. Uh, but but outside, it's more of the issue. You could show up here presenting yourself as Joe Buck, like the Joe yeah. Buck. We'd all know you're not Joe Buck, but we'd still let you work because we need tape ops. Yeah, I mean, I I watched Kevin Wall before have a a neck spasm. And he nearly knocked himself to the floor, and all I could think was David Marinick kicking his lifeless body, going, hey, pal, I need you to get up and work the board. The I know you can't walk right now, but you can push buttons. <laughs> Just lay his finger on the button. <laughs> you weekend of Bernie's it, you rig him up, he's just coming in on strings. <laughs> We'd have to also, if you were to have some kind of horrible physical accident... We would have to do the show from a different studio. Like, we have to move down the hall one room while the medics attended to you in privacy. 
There'd be no, we've got no plan B. We've got no backup. Just move the drill. Move the show. And the, you know, I've had up. a couple medical incidents before I got here. There have been, yeah. <laughs> I we, bro- had, we had one here where a guy, yeah. like, we had to call 911 yeah. as their show was beginning, and they began their show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Show's got to go on. I mean, two hours before I had to come in, I slipped in the shower and I broke my nose. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> Getting stitches, and then next thing you know, I'm... What time will you be here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you learn your lesson not to break your fall with your nose moving forward? Well, why don't we talk about? <laughs> Throw your hands out. Why don't we out talk to my time, sister maybe? not to put that liquid, you know, bomb so? on the bottom of the shower floor, and we'll be good. I'm looking forward to when they're setting up the holiday decorations this year, and they're also building a ramp for you so that you can get into the studio. <laughs> uh, we have once again talked our way deep into headlines and stunned to a news. So uh, once again, without further ado, here's the asset. All right. So we're just going to go with New York baseball and uh, we'll get this <laughs> in there. Will. The Yankees are <laughs> in a place they haven't been since 1982. Oh, Parazzo has the winning run as he stands in. Now here's the 1-0. Bader goes, pitches grounded to third. Oh, wow. Vargas throws the first in time. Ball game over. Washington wins. He's so Two defeated. on the score with John Sterling's final call on the Yankees radio network. Catcher Ben Rortved with the only two hits to raise his average to 136. Non-straight <laughs> losses makes it the Yanks' longest streak in over 40 years. According to Elias Sports Bureau, their last 10-game losing streak was 1913. When the team was in the first year of being called the Yankees, at that time they shared the polo grounds with the New York Giants. It's not that surprising when you hear how long it's been, but it's still startling to read. No one on the roster was alive the last time they lost nine games Uh. in a row. As I said Monday, the worst part of this is I can't say a word because the damn Mets are just as embarrassing. Yeah. It really is. Even it's, a mediocre um, Mets season, I could have some fun with this, but I got nothing. Yeah, it's, it's crap sandwich on white or whole wheat. You get to pick the bread. It's definitely whole wheat. It's not good for you. Yeah. Uh, manager Aaron Boone sniffled his way through another riveting <laughs> postgame presser. We're in it to win it. And, you know, at the end of the day, you work hard to put yourself in a position to shake hands at the end of the day. And when you get beat over and over again and you're in the middle of a tough season, it makes it hard. But you got to... You got to you got to fight that. Yeah, obviously, I just spin everything into something positive because I'm a dead man walking. <laughs> <laughs> can you freelance like this on MLB Network? What's that? Can you can you vamp like this no, on, just, Net- just on here. MLB Network? Just here, okay. Just here. Yeah, Your studio I, updates can include a Aaron no. Boone evisceration. I, I don't do impersonations <laughs> at the other place. Okay. I, think that's, I don't think that's in my contract. Back to you, Matt Vescursion. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Greg, for that. That's courtesy of the Yes Network. Are the Yankees boring? Yes. Is Brian Cashman a washed-up dinosaur? Yes. Does Jack Stern still do updates here? Yes. And now we get st- and, and now we get stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Bogus knows as well as anybody that when you outsource your stun to a news to Robin the 321, there's always a risk that it's been done by somebody else, but I feel pretty good about this. Or it's not that stunning. Or this one, yeah, this is 
from our favorite state ah. that, ge- that generates the most stun to a news. Florida woman spiked a man's drink with cockroach spray after they <laughs> met at a bar. Veronica Klein, 29, is charged with poisoning food or drink. The Volusia County Sheriff's Office said Friday, deputies were called to a home in DeLeon Springs around 4.30 in the morning when they met the man who had become ill. He said he came home with Klein after she asked him to continue drinking with her. He said he had two drinks and began feeling sick. Klein allegedly admitted to him, uh, admitted to spiking the two drinks with the roach spray. The victim told deputies he was vomiting for about 30 minutes before he was able to call for help. He became sick again while providing the statement to a deputy. Now, this woman, Klein, wasn't at the home when deputies arrived. The law enforcement canine tracked her down, and she was taken into custody, currently being held without bond, pending her first court appearance. So, they were strangers. They were strangers to uh, ships passing in the night in a romantic Florida bar. And on night one, (laughs) she pulls out the bug spray. (laughs) What happens night two? (laughs) Is this like a can she's carrying? Right, why does she even have it? Like raid? She's carrying raid? <laughs> well, no, this was oh, when, they, her came, house, when right? they came home. Oh, she didn't okay. bring raid to the bar. <laughs> she might animal. have. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that. A random Florida bar. But... So oh, that's, yeah. uh, I mean, some, I don't even think it was a one-night stand at that point. I mean, I'm happy that I'm married for a number of reasons. Most of them are sure. complimentary to my wife. But a lot of them are avoiding these things. Like, it's bad enough. Like, I could not handle dating in the world of apps and social media. I'm like, I meet you. You do the weird follow back and forth thing. Then I see that you're out with somebody else. I mean, like, no thank you. Yeah, too many variables. I hadn't even thought about having my drink doused with cockroach spray. Thank God some lady already has liked me for 20 years. My my friend dated a crazy one back in college, and allegedly she poisoned his oatmeal. And I thought that was bad. I knew a guy that stayed with a woman who stabbed him. What? Yeah, he they were at a diner, and he, like, maybe, like, checked out a woman oh, walking geez. by. And she went, if you do that again, I'm going to stab you. And I, and I don't know if he did or not. But she thought he did, and she grabbed the knife on the table, like a butter knife, and jammed it, like, up here in his, like, shoulder, like, above his collarbone. Her wow. name has to be and, Tiffany. And he's got, like, a scar, and they stayed together. They're still together. Not anymore. But they stayed uh, together past the stabbing. That wasn't the end date of your relationship. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So poison oatmeal, knife stabbing. I think cockroach, uh, or cockroach spray, uh takes the cake on that one. I'm, I'm fascinated by this guy getting stabbed. Sitting and going, a, you know what? I'll forgive you. Yeah, at a Denny's. <laughs> you, have to, you have to pay the bill after that and drive home together. I mean, how do you even leave the Denny's? I don't even know. In an ambulance. I, hopefully you can walk out, but if, are you walking out with a butter knife impaled in your left shoulder going, Nancy did it? Yeah. It was just a, it was a spoon. She just had this <laughs> brute raw strength. He goes, honey, we really need to talk about your temper tantrums. <laughs> it took 15 minutes. Why didn't you move? I didn't know what she was doing. I don't know. She said she really wanted the grapefruit. <laughs> well, uh, for those of you not in my headphones, uh, I know for sure that Ryan Botcher was trained by Pete Pilati because he's yelling about the time. So stun to a news is over. Here's your commercial break on time. Hour three of the DA show. Oh, we are feeling good. I'm doing great. One question and one question only. How you doing? Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. Always so good to hear that. And great to have you aboard. Final hour of this Wednesday edition of the DA Show here on CBS Sports Radio. 
Andrew Bogish in once again for DA. College football actual games keep creeping up on us. So our preview continues now with Florida State. The DA Show counts down the days until the electricity of college football season returns with the game's greatest voices. It is tipped off. And Lewis got it on the reflection. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Touchdown, over. Touchdown, over. Got a block from Brown. 50, 10, 5. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Dolphs win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Touchdown, Boston College. He did it. He did it. Lewis did it. All the the Bears have won! Oh my God! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. It's the sounds of Saturday every morning on CBS Sports Radio. It's a redshirt freshman kicker, Damian Ramos, who might be the most nervous person in the Superdome right now. Boy, to snap, Ramlet to hold, to send it to free football. Snap, spot, block. That was a pretty good way to announce yourself on the college football radio landscape. I believe that was game two of year one for our Sounds of Saturday guest this morning. It's the voice of the Knowles, Jeff Colhane. Jeff, it's Andrew. Great to meet you. Welcome to the show. Andrew, great to talk to you, and, and thanks for having me. And uh, Yeah, game two, that was one that I certainly will never forget. Knowles fans will never forget. And um, hearing all the highlights on the the highlight montage of those amazing voices of decades past, man. That's what college football is all about. So I'm, I'm honored to be here with you. Well, again, we thank you for jumping on with us. And I'll say yesterday we talked to Steve Jones of Penn State uh, and Jerry Allen oh, yeah. from Oregon. I think they have about 65 combined years <laughs> of experience. I'm happy to talk to you in year two, man. This is great. It's a, it's yeah. It's got to be a dream job. You get that first year out of the way, and you picked a good time to come aboard because the Knowles certainly seem to be – back to being the Knowles again. Well, I know Steve and Jerry, and you're right. Those two guys are legends, and I've seen a lot of great moments at Penn State and at Oregon. Um, and, you know, replacing, and, and replacing is the wrong term, but but taking over for the great Gene Deckerhoff here at Florida State. Uh, I tallied it uh, the other day. I've got 517 games to go to pass <laughs> uh, the great Gene Deckerhoff. So I got my work cut out for me, Andrew, but you're right. It's an exciting time here in Tallahassee with Florida State. What Mike Norvell has done uh, from last year, you know, this time a year ago, we're talking about uh, on the outside, people are talking about hot seat with Mike Norvell. Yeah. Uh, while on the inside, uh, we could see quietly what he was building, the culture he was instilling, Andrew, and you saw that, uh, you know, resonate to a twenty uh, to a ten win season, the twenty fifth in program history and. Now here we are, and talking about Florida State as a top-10 program with a huge game to start the season next Sunday against fifth-ranked LSU. What two or three top things in your mind have to happen this year for the progress to continue and for this team to go even farther than it did last year? Well, this is a Florida State team that finished the year strong, and they beat the team's that they were supposed to be, and they handled them well. And they came off a run in October where they lost to 
three ranked teams at the time, and that was a period where we really circled in Andrew and said, this is going to be the gauntlet of the schedule right here. And I, I think we learned a lot uh, about this Florida State team, and they learned a lot about themselves, and they really grew from from that point on. But to take the next steps forward, uh, we're going to find out a lot early on this season about Mike Norvell's squad. I mean, facing LSU next Sunday night and then going to Clemson and taking on a Clemson squad been the toast of the ACC uh, ever since Florida State won a national championship in 2013 and then got back to the college football playoff a year later in 2014. And, you know, the, the personnel is in place. Mike Norvell and the staff have done a fantastic job of developing, retaining talent with uh, returning stars, and also they've embraced the transfer portal. They've been able to fill in some of the gaps where this team needs more experience and needs more talent and depth. And so, you know, the personnel is there, um, but we're going to find out early and often with this LSU game. Uh, I like this offense, Andrew. It starts with Jordan Travis, who is a Heisman Trophy candidate. His development and maturation almost parallels what this program as a whole has done over the last couple of years. Um, and, and I think defensively, if you're talking about X's and O's on the field, if this group can continue to improve slowing down the run and gaining more turnovers, uh, that's an area that's been an emphasis in fall camp, that's going to help this defense really take the next step and I think help this team take the next step in beating some of the top programs in the country. You mentioned Jordan Travis already. I think this is year six in college for Jordan, so experience is there, truly has developed his way into a really high-end quarterback, a lot of hype. I don't know how much access you have to the athletes, but any idea of how he's handling all these expectations moving towards the new season? Yeah, you know, it's been nice to be able to be around uh, these guys. And, and, you know, I got to sit down with Jordan. We actually uh, sat in the film room and created a feature for uh, Seminoles.com, our our athletics website here for fans, going through uh, one of the drives from the LSU game a year ago, the first touchdown drive at the Superdome to give Florida State an early 7-3 lead. And, I tell you, Andrew, it's it's not you know not coach speak. This is this is a a humble person who is confident and competitive. And he was asked at a, the ACC kickoff in Charlotte by the ACC network crew, "Hey, man, you know Heisman Trophy, you know college football playoff aspirations. What do you think? What are you expecting?" And the first thing he said had nothing to do with football. He said, "Hey, those are all great, but I want to keep becoming a great and better person every day. Treat people well." Um, become a leader, and this is going to be a season where you're going to see, uh, you know, adversity. You're going to see injuries. You're going to be in tough games, and there, it'll be, you know, a little roller coaster at times. Uh, this is the the right person, the right young man to be the face of the program and the leader of this team uh, at a time where expectations are at a high. This I think predates you, but. He's so humble and wants to play so badly that at one point he offered to change positions to just get Correct. on the field? Correct, yes. Back in, it would have been in 2020, and Dennis Dodd wrote a great piece on this on CBS Sports that came out yesterday. I encourage everybody to go and read it, you know, outlining this. Back in 2020, when Mike Norvell arrived here at Florida State, um, Jordan was, was looking for confidence, and Asked Coach, he said, Coach, if you need me to move to wide receiver, I will do it. And Mike Norvell and then offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham, who's now the head coach at Arizona State, quickly shot that down and said, you're not doing that. We, we see what your capabilities are. 
you're our quarterback, we're going to grow together, we're going to develop together, and, you know, this, that's what's happened here. And he has been able to go through a lot of ups and downs and go back to 2021 when he was the starter. Uh, obviously, the Mackenzie Milton uh, comeback is one of, of, you know, movies that are made, but that also created uh, another quarterback competition in 2021. Those two guys are great friends, and they handled that so well. Last year was a great year for Jordan Andrew because he was able to be the guy, and he was able to settle in. And he talked about in Dennis's piece about the NC State game where things really fell apart on this team in the second half. They gave NC State a lot of credit for that. But Jordan used that game from a mental standpoint to, to essentially grow and say, I'm not going to let this happen again, and I'm going to be the, the guy that leads this team through these tough times, and we're going to win these games down the road. And played hard against Clemson. That was a tremendous Clemson team a year ago. Uh, and, and finished the year strong, obviously, on a six-game winning streak where the offense was clicking at all cylinders. This is Jeff Colhane, the voice of FSU football, with us here on this Wednesday on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. In the ACC, the question always is, can you beat Clemson? And obviously, for FSU, that's a particularly difficult question the last couple of years. But I forgot, Jeff, that it, doesn't, it matters a little less this year because without divisions – you could theoretically lose the regular season game, see him again in the conference championship game, win that one when it matters more. Um, so there, I guess there is a little bit of a, a safety net here, but specifically, is this FSU team ready to take Clemson off the top of the conference? Well, you're 100% correct on that. That's a big change in the ACC this year. And thankfully, we don't have to try and figure out who's in the Coastal and who's in the Atlantic <laughs> anymore, right? Yep. Even for us in the league. Uh, all kidding aside... Uh, you're correct. This is a, a new setup with no divisions, and it, it gives you a little bit of wiggle room, especially if you're Florida State or Clemson because you were Atlantic Division rivals, and that was a must-win game to play in Charlotte, essentially. So you have a little wiggle room. Obviously, you want to go in there, and, and Clemson's the team to beat in the league. Look, you know, Florida State has received a lot of uh, exciting chatter, uh, and rightly so, but until you, the way I look at it, Andrew, is until you beat the team that's the top dog, they're still the top dog. And Clemson is that group. Dabo Sweeney has done an amazing job. Uh, their program is is fantastic. And uh, they have another outstanding team this season. I think Will Shipley should be getting more conversation nationally. Phil Moffa's a heck of a player. Kate Klubnick obviously goes without saying. Uh, and their defense is just phenomenal. Defensive line is always great. Jeremiah Trotter and Barrett Carter are NFL guys, right? So Clemson's the team to beat, and to have the chance to go into to Death Valley, which is one of the great venues in all of college football, and you know have a shot to knock them off in the regular season. Uh, that game was strategically placed on September the 23rd, I believe, Andrew, by the league to create some excitement early for the the, yeah. the conference. And if either you know whoever loses. It gives you time to rebound and get yourself potentially back in the, the college football playoff conversation if you're a one-loss team at that time. So uh, that will be a big one, and Knowles fans are hoping there are some parallels to the 2013 season where that was a top-five matchup and Jameis Winston and company went in uh, and really quieted that place in a hurry uh, that year. Jeff, I want to ask you about Jared Verse. This is a guy who I, I called a game of his at Albany, and I wanted to go back in my notes and make sure I had this correct, but – the staff back there called him the smart Hulk. 
The Hulk was a physical <laughs> reference to what he could do, but they needed him to be smarter because he just didn't always make the best decisions. Now, I watched him play, figured he was eventually not going to be a CAA player anymore, but I didn't think he'd be maybe the best defensive player in the country. Tell me yeah. what he's shown in Tallahassee so far. Well, Andrew, I'm with you at a previous location myself. I also called the Jared Verse game. Okay. At Albany as well when they came to the Fargo Dome to open up 2021. And so seeing him there and then being able to connect with him here in Tallahassee has been a joy for me uh, personally. But, you know, this is a young man whose story is very interesting. He was born in Dayton, Ohio, grew up and played high school football in central Pennsylvania and, and didn't have any offers coming out. Uh, he was offered by Albany to be a tight end, and then COVID hit in the spring of 2020, and he lived in the weight room for essentially a calendar year and put about 40 pounds of muscle on, and they moved him to defensive end, and he was the CAA defensive freshman of the year and then backed it up in the fall of 2021 with another amazing season. And, you know, Florida State you know, coaches, Mike Norvell, Adam Fuller and company, they are looking uh, essentially at the tape of Adam of uh, Jared Verse, and they watched him play in the Syracuse game, and they're like, who's this guy right here for Albany? He's the best player on the field. Yeah. And he came in last year and made his presence felt immediately. He was, he was uh, a guy that um, he wasn't even healthy the full year. He was about 75-80% last season and still did what he did. So to have him back as a projected first-round draft pick uh, in the NFL draft last season you know, speaks to the culture that has been instilled here by Mike Norvell. These guys uh, are back here. They want to do it together. They want to do it for Florida State fans and put the Knowles back on the map nationally. And uh, Jared Burris has a chance to make some real – a real headlines at defensive end this season, rushing the passer. So, Jeff, as you mentioned North Dakota State and the Fargo Dome, would you have been at the COVID NDSU Delaware game in, I guess that was, a, what, September of 2019? Correct, yes. I would have been in, uh, in, in yes, I called that game uh, that year. So, uh, I think there's a good yeah. chance then, Jeff, that we've already met, and I'm not, I didn't remember your name, and you should not have remembered mine, but I was doing the Delaware TV broadcast of that game from their makeshift tinderbox of a press yeah. box that day. Wood sheds, yeah. 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 And Tubby, Tubby Raymond Field, yeah. And was exactly definitely right. on the field talking to somebody with your broadcast before the hand. So I, I, I think maybe we've already met. If not, here we are today. But, here we uh, go. But yeah. that was some experience because – from top to bottom, man, the Bison do not mess around. Between the football team and the broadcast crews, radio and TV, that was some operation that day. I was super impressed. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun with my time at uh, at North Dakota State. And that's obviously one heck of a football program, even though they're, you know, the, the FCS label. They do it the Power Five way. They're, they're yep. impressive group. Um, let me get back to what you said at the top, joking about Gene Deckerhoff's legacy and tenure, whatever it was, 517 more games to go. How many conference changes would that have taken FSU through if you're still there for 500-plus games? Oh, man, yeah. Well, Gene would have gone from independent into ACC in football, and I want to say he would have gone from the Metro Conference to the ACC in basketball, maybe independent. He started calling games for Florida State Hoops in 1974. I have to go back and look. Uh, right now, who knows, Andrew? Man, this whole this whole landscape of of realignment is something 
you know, I'll tell you, Jim Phillips emailed me when I was announced as the new play-by-play voice taking over for Gene last summer. And, I mean, to get an email from the commissioner of the ACC, yeah. I mean, the end of the league, shows you what kind of a person, what kind of class Jim Phillips has. And so, you know, this is this is a situation, obviously, where there's a lot of people involved and uh, a league that's been around for a long time, right? And uh, Michael Alford is, is a guy that has one heck of a resume, and he's going to do what 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 is best for Florida State. And I have no idea what this thing's going to look like in, you know, six months or six years down the line. But what I can tell you is is that Michael Alford, President Richard McCullough, uh, and also Peter Kyle is the chairman of the Board of Trustees at FSU. You know, these guys are connected from a leadership standpoint across the board. They They want to do what's best for the future of Florida State athletics. If that's in the ACC, that's what they're going to do. If that's somewhere else, uh, that's also what they will do. And so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, realignment, how it's all moved around, has been certainly something to watch from afar. What do the fans want? Uh, I think the fans, if you would ask them, uh, I think they look at what Florida State has been throughout the history with Bobby Bowden, obviously, the amazing run from 1987 to 2000 where Florida State was a top-five team for 14 consecutive seasons. Uh, I think the fans would tell you they want to make sure they don't get left behind. And I think that's number one. That's the scary part right. about all of this, where in an instant, you know, the Pac-12 disintegrates, and, and there's uh, you know four schools that have their own unique history that are looking around going, what just happened? And so there, there is that scare, I think, for every institution out there that, you want to make sure you are in the right place at the right time and have connected with the right groups to put yourself in the right position. So um, I think some would say SEC uh, because it's got a regional, obviously, geographical connection with the South and the Southeast, and that's that's essentially who Florida State competes with uh, for really anything anyway, Andrew, and recruiting. And so I think a lot of Florida State fans would tell you they feel like even though they're in the ACC, and have been since the early 90s, they feel aligned in a lot of ways with what the SEC is with what they, they have to do across the board in all sports to compete for national titles against SEC programs. Jeff, this was super fun. Very belated congrats on the new gig. Enjoy year two, and hopefully we can talk to you during the season. Andrew, love talking to you. Uh, great job. Sounded great. And uh, it's great to meet you again. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jeff. That's Jeff Cohane, the voice of Florida State football. Uh, as he mentioned, 10 wins a year ago after four consecutive losing seasons for the Knowles. Uh, I still think Caleb Williams is the Heisman Trophy favorite. Everybody else is playing for second. But Jordan Travis is certainly in that conversation at the helm of the Knowles offense. Uh, and there is no last year. Jeff opened with Duquesne before that crazy LSU game. This year, it's straight LSU from the top Labor Day weekend. That's a big one early for those two programs. Let's take a break. Let's come back. We'll get headlines. And I've got it. I thought maybe we had a lead on one of the DA Show's greatest unanswered questions. Apparently, I do not. We'll address that after this on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. What's about to come your way has been much ballyhooed during our last segment. The gentleman who was creating it was laughing hysterically at his own work, not at shots taken at his ex-girlfriend. He has, with her. he has pumped it up so much. It has brought Greg Caserta, the asset for now, back into the room to hear 
this. Somehow this morning we meandered into Pete being the Turk, Pete being the guy to fire people. And how we got there and how Pete would fire people in that role, it's your epic fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Pete the body Bilotti, non-compulsive gambler, he said it's time for wholesale changes to the top. I am not a, a compulsive gambler. Williams has to go. Han's got to go. Others have said it. It was ignored then. It was not ignored this month because Pete said it, and that's what mattered to Jerry Reinsdorf. I just don't like him. <laughs> I can picture Pete, once he got the breaking news, Texas you. He goes to his wife and pulls a, Adrian, I did it! What? You know, congratulations on all the success, people. Adi. I don't celebrate when people lose their jobs. Some people I would. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, 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 sweet child of mine. You know how they have the guy at the NFL Hall of Fame? He shows up to people's houses to let them know that they got in. <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Pete should be the Grim Reaper for managers and coaches in sports. <laughs> And he's the one that has to break the news to them that they've been fired. You're fired. That would be terrific. Hey, uh, Skip wants to see you. You're fired. <laughs> they go into the owner's office. It's Jerry Reinsdorf sitting with Bilotti. <laughs> Please have a seat. Well, You're fired. And Bilotti stands up with a sympathetic oh. look in his best blue pullover and his khaki pants. He's like, we got to talk, Rick. Very bland. <laughs> I hope in, in my case, I hope that when that inevitably happens, I hit the elevator to ride up to the 10th floor, and he's just hovering in the ceiling of the elevator with that piano wire. He chokes me out and then pulls me up the elevator <laughs> shaft. <laughs> That's how it ends. <laughs> Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. So that's what that noise is. It's the life being choked out of Caserta by Bilotti. Okay. All right. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, that was as epic as Wall told all of us that it was. Uh. For now, he's known as the asset. Today's question of the day at CBS Sports Radio, do we retire Greg Caserta's nickname, the asset? Some in his life have said it's time to move on. Others remind him that it came from Billy Jacques alone and you don't argue with Jacques alone's decisions, thoughts, content, whatever. The large majority of America would agree with you don't argue with Billy Jacques alone. 77% of respondents say absolutely not. We are not retiring Greg Caserta's nickname, The Asset. So those results are not binding. I wish that they were, seeing as how they turned out. But at least now that America has spoken, Greg, and it believes that the asset should remain. Yeah, I think we're going to we'll roll with it until Friday. Um, obviously, the the numbers could change in the next 24 hours, right in ballots and things yeah. like that. So we'll, All we'll see, we'll see what happens. All yeah. It's true. Uh, advanced analytics would tell you that assets are treated differently for tax and accounting purposes. And as far as nicknames go off the asset, uh, I've been called... For a long time, Drewfus by my dad. At one point, I had an email address, Drewfus80. Um, so there's that. Here's this. Uh, Kevin Wall's nickname was White Bo. I guess like Bo Jackson in honor of his dual sports accomplishments. And Ryan was called Brian for an entire summer for not scamming a vending machine. 
I don't know what that means, Brian Botcher. But we got to go home now. We're out of time. Ryan is telling me that. Huge thanks to Jeff Colhane, the voice of FSU football. For Kevin, for Botcher, for Caserta, for Billy Jacqueline, I'm Andrew. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you again tomorrow. But for now, the mothership disconnects. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.